And the last question, do you feel loved? So often we are looking for someone or something else for love. And that might come out in validation or acceptance or people cheering you on or people clicking like on your post or getting that promotion. We are looking outside of ourselves for someone or something else for love when it actually, it turns out a lot of the time, it's our own love and acceptance and validation and cheering on that we are really after. So question seven, do you feel loved? Number one, by yourself. This isn't, do you feel loved by those around you? Do you feel loved and accepted and nurtured and looked after and validated by yourself? Or in truth, are you being a bit of an arsehole to yourself? I know for me today, I am raging with PMT. And I know the old version of me would probably be thinking thoughts like, I am vile today. But this version of me thinks thoughts like, I need more love for myself today. I need more compassion for myself today. I need more patience for myself today. That's what I mean. Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation with me, your host, Nikki Cross. With over 18 years experience in developing people, I'm here to support your personal development to help you achieve your goals, get shit done and truly thrive first in life and in business. Think of this podcast as your weekly investment in yourself to help you gain more clarity on what matters, guide you through the tough stuff, leaving you feeling empowered and reassured that you're totally not alone. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross and today I want to, before I dive in, I'm just going to talk about something completely random, completely random and because today's episode is not about what I'm about to explain but I've just had an email exchange with a company who was looking for some corporate training work and um, anyway, long story short, uh, they wanted to begin it in January and I know that I'm already nearly at full capacity in January anyway so I politely declined the work and they got back to me and said, that is so, your candor is so refreshing. I thought, what a shame. What a shame that we live in such a world where honesty and candor is refreshing. It actually, do you know what this completely links into today's um, conversation? Um, the reason that this takes me back so much is because when I was thinking about it, I was thinking, well, why wouldn't I be honest about, you know, not being able um, or not wanting to deliver on that project that they've got? And I thought, it's because of the whole reason why we don't want to say no. We don't want to say no to work. We don't want, just in case no more work comes along, just in case um, we disappoint someone. You know, we don't want to be honest about certain things. My God, this links in so much to the conversation today. But I suppose, look, the lesson, let's get straight to it. The lesson in that particular email exchange is just be honest with people, like really in business and in life, but in business, be honest with people. Like, so I went back to them and said, you know, I can't fulfill that project. The scale of it is well beyond the capacity that I have at the beginning of next year. However, I can help you to scope out the project. I can offer you some consultancy to do this. And it's, it's, I want you to know that in business, you are not, people don't just, you know, that whole thing around first impressions and things like that. It's who you are, like genuinely authenticity and the way that people trust you is not built up over a snapshot it's built over time. Your reputation is built over time. And that is going to require you to be quite authentically and honest, honestly yourself. Please take this beginning of the episode as true, authentic, real and raw encouragement, just having read that email, of the strength and power and 
just sheer audacity that builds true, genuine relationships that is being honest with each other. So anyway, that links me very nicely in today's conversation. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I want to talk to you about, um, I haven't really named the title of this episode yet, and maybe I'll do that throughout. I want to talk to you about something that came up in hour one this last week that I thought was totally just a me thing, but it turns out that it's a collective thing. And so of course, I'm bringing it to the inner conversation. And side note, one thing I am noticing is my work, whether that is this free podcast that you're listening to right now or the Thrive First method that I facilitate, which is a group program or my one-to-one work, it's actually not for everyone. And I'm very much beginning to be okay with that. Um, And so like, for example, sometimes this podcast, people will send my episode to their friends and they are like the biggest fans. They really, really appreciate the free content that I put out there. And they can't really get their heads around why their friends don't really like it (laughs) or don't resonate with it. And it's the same, you know, when people look at my paid work, there will be something that I've said or done or positioned myself in a certain way where they go, oh, no, she's not for me. And I'm very much becoming very okay with that. Um, And that links into what I want to talk about that I spoke about in hour one this week. So for those of you who don't know, hour one is something I facilitate every single Monday inside the Thrive First Method. So just as a recap, we connect to ourselves. That is such, that's like the foundations of the Thrive First Method. And it helps you to understand yourself, what makes you thrive, what takes your energy and drains your energy, as opposed to what gives you energy back. And then every month we do this thing called Zoom Out, where we reflect on the previous month, we take the lessons, and then we set our goal, our intention for the upcoming month. And that means that every week on a Monday morning in hour one, we get together and we we follow the method to plan out our week. And it doesn't always go to plan and it's not meant to. That's what the do modules are there for, to help you navigate your changing week and self-coach and all of the things. But in this week's hour one, I shared something that in my own words, I actually thought, well, I actually said out loud, I'm a little bit worried about sharing this with you all because I think it sounds a bit wanky. <laughs> and then um, and then I realized, like, as I was saying it, I'll t- anyway, I'll talk to you about it in a minute. But you know what it made me think about? When I was younger, this is honestly linked. I promise you what I'm about to explain is linked. When I was younger, I really liked Simply Red. I still do. I still like Simply Red. <laughs> Please don't switch the episode off. And um, when I'd say this to my mates, they would belt out laughing. And I just could not get my head around it. What was not to love about Simply Red? He's totally different. His tunes are great. I love the way his voice sounded like a saxophone and the way that he'd obviously clearly named himself after his hair, even though his real name is Mick Hucknall. But whoever really called Simply Red Mick Hucknall? I, well, maybe this just is me. But And this is what I thought, right? Anyway, I loved him, still love him. And I always used to wonder if I'd love him as much if he changed his hair or if he changed his singing style or his writing style. And the truth is, probably not. But would he likely appeal to the masses? Yeah, probably. And I'm learning that more and more about life and business. And I'm still very much in the middle of learning that, that you can try and morph into a version of yourself that you think will be more palatable and more understood, you know, less like what? You know, know, do, do you ever get that thing where you you worry that you're going to say or do something and the other person's just going to look at you like, what the fuck? I do. <laughs> but that, what that's going to result in is the real you being concealed and being prevented, um, you preventing real true connection to the people who 
really do understand you because you're you, not despite, like, because you're you with all of your quirks and your weirdness. And and anyway, that's what happened in this week's hour one. I shared something with them that I thought was wanky and weird. And when, when I shared it, they totally resonated and quickly told me that they too shared my experience. So what I shared was something um, that I'd only just realized on that call, which was I am only, I'm 36 and I am only just starting to feel like an adult. And don't get me wrong, there are absolutely times when I, I do still feel like a child in good ways, right? So for example, I was speaking to one of my clients and we both share this real childlike curious essence, you know, the amount of like wonderful what ifs I have about how curious I'm about the world. And I love that about me. I'll never want to get rid of that part of me. But that's not what I meant when I was on the call, because on the outside, I know that I look like an adult. I know that I've got the house that you'd expect me to have as an adult, the car, the lifestyle, the mortgage, all of the things that are, you know, the very impressive adulty things that we have and you have, right? It's not just me, you have it too. But I'm talking about on the inside. What I meant was the part of me that wants to retreat like a little girl when I'm making decisions. The part of me that wants some sort of external validation to tell me I'm doing it right. Whatever it is, you know, from cooking chicken to bloody life. You know, <laughs> the part of me that wants to hide under a rock when I know I'm going to say or do something that another person might dislike or make make them dislike me. The part of me that wants to hide what I want for myself because no one's come and given me permission or validation to be okay with wanting that yet. Um, the part of me that wants to push or force or power through instead of grounding into my inner knowing. These are all things that I've listed out. And these are all things that I've noticed that I'm growing through. And instead of reverting to type, making very approaching those ways of being with a very adult approach. And the way I described it on the call was like going from a girl to a woman. And then one of my members jumped into the chat quickly and helped me out by saying, no, Nick, you're operating as an adult. You're mothering yourself, you're fathering yourself, you're adulting. And I thought, shit, she's right. I am. And then on the call live, the comments flooded in. Me too, me too, me too. I, I get that me too. And the one thing that we could all agree on, and I'm not just saying this for the podcast, is the Thrive First Method is helping us all to step into that truth. And that is, for me, that's what's special about the Thrive First Method. There are so many touch points for self-honesty. I've always been very clear on making sure that the Thrive, the Thrive First Method wasn't positioned or marketed as a productivity tool. And even though it will actually truly help you to be more productive in a meaningful way, you know, like not more busy, like less busy, but more productive in the sense of making true progress towards what really matters. Anyway, yeah, I've always been very clear that it's not just about goal setting. It's not just about productivity. It's not just about time management because it's, it's really not. It's more than that. It's a tool that will increase your honesty with yourself and in turn practice over time will increase the trust that you have in yourself because instead of, instead of abandoning yourself, you will be supporting yourself even when you don't follow through or even when you fall off the wagon. You'll learn how to create sustainable change for yourself. And it's for this reason, people enroll in the method and I give them 90 days free access to the membership because that's where we do our live calls. And it's, it's on those live calls that we practice the method together. And anyway, hour one, back to my wonky statement that turned out to be not so wonky. I really noticed myself feeling very grounded in my own truth. And 
that sounds very abstract and fluffy. So I've listed some of the ways that I can see it quite literally playing out in my life and business. So let me go through them. It feels like not needing validation that I previously needed. It feels like being more able to sit with their dissatisfaction of me. It, it feels like rather than avoiding the difficult emotions, I am meeting myself there without getting trapped down there, but lovingly pulling myself back up. It looks like not responding with how high when they ask me to jump metaphorically, but instead assessing the situation and responding accordingly. So a great example is that email that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. You know, that that is potentially a massively lucrative opportunity that I was being presented with, but it wasn't right. It wasn't right for me and it wasn't right for me to do that for them. And I, and I know I can help them, but in a different capacity. And if I did not with, if I did not stand my sacred truth in that moment, I would have been coming from a place of inauth- inauthenticity and scarcity. So instead of responding with how high when they asked me to jump, not that this, not that they were saying, hey, Nikki, jump like in an aggressive way. But when someone's making a request of you, really assessing it, really assessing it, really being truthful stand in your sacred ground without needing to convince anyone that you're right. You know, being more comfortable in the void. Oh, I love this point. And that could apply to anything, being more comfortable in the void. And that void could be a silence. It could be a gap in time. It could be a gap in work. You know, it could be navigating your PMT periods, a part of your month without clambering and clinging onto the last thing in case there isn't a new thing to fill a void or to be busy just so that you can be meaningful. It feels like self-assurance, which I have realized is very, very different to confidence. Self-assurance and confidence, two different things. And I'm explaining this because it means so much. It means so much. I used to live a life at the majority of my actions and thoughts even about myself were very reliant on how others perceived me. And for that reason, it would prevent me from taking risks. So saying yes to things that really felt like a no simply because it felt like what I should be doing. And I want you to know that it has taken time and commitment. And for anyone, by the way, thinking of signing up to the Thrive First Method, please, please take this as evidence that it does take time and commitment from you too. I spoke to a member yesterday who's, this This is what she said. I'm reading her words out. She said, I can see why some people don't want to do this work. I can see why it intimidates me. I can see why it intimidates them. It intimidated me too. And when I started doing this method, it brought up all the shit month after month to work through. But the thing about the method is if you stick to it, not even religiously, but if you keep coming back to it, you keep coming back to yourself and you grow through your own experiences in life and in business. It takes you from being a bit wishy-washy all over the place to a very intentional place and very aware. That's not easy, but it's worth it. And I was like, when I was reading that, I was like, yes, it's exactly. And I agreed with every word. And as I'm speaking this episode out loud, I'm realizing what I'm actually experiencing here It's actually a theory that I learned when I was doing my learning and development training when I was 18 called transactional analysis. So it's a psychoanalytic theory by Eric Eric Byrne. I think I've got that right. Google it, transactional analysis. But it's basically about having three ego states in regards to 
communication between two people, um, so parent, adult, child, and that healthy communication operates from adult to adult. But really, what I never have really considered literally up until recording this episode is we have a relationship with ourselves. We have dialogue with ourselves. And at the point where you can have that relationship and have that dialogue with yourself when you're actually speaking and communicating with yourself adult to adult, that's what it requires. And that is the power of practicing the method. I have known logically about transactional analysis for 18 years, but I'm only really now understanding the practical feelings of living this way. So what I want to leave you with in this episode is um, some tools, because even if you're not going to join the Thrive First Method, I want to offer you um, that it takes quite intentional commitment to build safety within yourself and build um, the Oh, what's the word I want to use? Um, motivation. There it is. <laughs> Build the motivation to be honest and vulnerable with yourself because it feels like shit at times. It fe- it's hard to break down your own barriers that take these barriers. They they like um they take the form of stories that you've held to be true or beliefs that have been disempowering you, but you've built up over time, and sometimes the unlearning that we have to do to become, to grow, that's unlearning behaviors. Like we talk a lot, don't we, about people pleasing. I know I mentioned that in a previous episode recently, but sometimes these this unlearning is within ourselves. It's not about our relationship with other people. It's about the relationship with ourselves. And because without this, we experience these um, cycles of struggle. I see it in my own clients and they get fed up with these cycles of struggle because, and they come from avoiding our own truth and that can perpetuate behaviors on the outside, like guardedness, like misaligned action driven by scarcity or meaningless busyness or codependency or lack of boundaries with others, lack of boundaries with yourself. But when you start to build this muscle, what you realize is you, I'm so sorry if you can hear that machine outside, perfect timing. Let's carry on anyway. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, you build the muscle, right? You realize that you you can be your own Mick Hucknall. <laughs> you can be your own Simply Red. You can truly be yourself because at the very core, you accept yourself as you are. What's and all. And as you see, as you start to experience yourself, your true self, you start to create this um, feeling within yourself that I can only describe as uh, self-respect, where you realize it's an honor to be in your own presence, not because you think the sun shines out your own arse, but because you truly value yourself, both when you're firing on all cylinders and when you're as useless as a chocolate teapot. Like, you genuinely feel comfortable within your own self to realize that you're actually great. So anyway, to wrap up this episode and to make something extremely useful from my own contemplation and realizations for you today, I'm going to offer the following prompts that you might want to journal on. Now, because I'm going to be speaking these out loud and there are seven of them, I am also going to put them in the blog. So underneath, in the show notes of this episode, if you're on iTunes, it's underneath. If you're on Spotify, you have to click into the episode to find the show notes. But I am going to um, put this on my blog as well. So if you can't find the show notes and you want these journal prompts in writing, all you need to do is go to 
tlb.org.uk. So TLB stands for Thrive Life and Business. And then click on blog and you'll find this blog and all of the journal prompts that I'm going to read out to you now. These journal prompts are, I've, 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 I've created these for you as a starting point for you to get closer to yourself, for you to get more authentic and honest and vulnerable and build this trust and authenticity within yourself. Now, I've got seven for you. Just treat it as a pick and mix. Don't feel like you need to list, like go through each one in the list and go through them all um, one by one. Just literally pick out what you feel drawn to and explore it with yourself. So the first one is where within yourself can you be more honest? And if I was journaling on that, what I'd be thinking to myself is, okay, where do I feel like I'm being dishonest with myself? Where do I trick myself and fool myself into dishonesty? Where am I hiding certain things about myself? Um, you know, and it could play out in lots of different ways that might surprise you. It could play out in, you know, the way that you're eating or the decisions that you're making or what you're saying yes to when you really mean no. It could play out in you not really being honest about what you want or you, you know, maybe you're being dishonest with yourself about saying you're confused about what you want when actually you know quite well what you want. It's just you're scared of it. And that's my, that might be the honesty, you know, I'm, I'm not being honest with myself because I do know what I want. I'm just scared of it. Where within yourself, number one, where within yourself can you be more honest? Number two, where in life and business can you identify that you aren't being true to your own truth for fear of what others will think of you? And how can you safely take baby steps towards this truth? So I'll say it again. Where in life and business can you identify that you aren't being true to your own truth for fear of what others will think of you? And how can you safely take baby steps towards this truth? Now, I can't really give you any examples because it's going to be so individual to each one of you what that truth actually is. But really, really dig into it. Really dig into it. Where can I identify in life and business? Because I'm worried about what other people will think of me. Am I not being true to my own truth? A lot of my clients notice about themselves that they want to seem very busy because they want others to perceive them as worthy. Dig into that. If that is applicable to you, dig into that. Are there any parts of yourself that are a bit weird and a bit quirky, but you're not actually being true to your own truth because you're worried about what other people will think of you. Okay. Number three, what are you avoiding? Oh, sorry. No, scrap that. Number three, <laughs> where are you avoiding what you want because you're prioritizing what others need from you? I see this so often within my own clients, particularly comes up this one in group coaching inside the Thrive First Method. People will come to the course and they'll say, well, haven't got enough time to prioritize what I want because I, by the end of the day, everyone, you know, I, I've got to fulfill this for them and this for them and this for them. There's no time left over for me. And we work through that together and we actually see that that's not a time issue. It's a fear issue. So I would invite you to get honest with yourself. Where are you avoiding what you want because you're prioritizing what others need from you? And why might you be doing that? Why might you be doing that? Because I can guarantee it's not about time. 
I can guarantee it's not about time. Be honest. Yeah, it's only you and you. Number four, where do you blame others for how you feel instead of looking at how you can take personal responsibility for yourself? I used to do this all the time. And I noticed um, up until actually I, I hired my first coach, I noticed that this, this was a pattern that I played out where I used to fall into this victim mode and say, well, I can't do that because of this, of them. I can't do this because of that. And it always used to be my boss. I can't do this because my boss will be not happy with me, but my boss will sack me. My boss will do whatever. Like the very last one I can think about this is um, I can't be honest with my boss because he could fire me and I wanted to leave my job anyway. Like I was not being truthful with myself. I was avoiding it. When actually when I worked through it, it was like, well, I can be honest with him, but I'm worried about the discomfort that might come when he's not happy with me, you know? And it wasn't what I, the, the story I was feeding myself about how I was feeling, you know, it makes me feel trapped. It makes me feel um, manipulated. That was all my big story. That was, <laughs> that was all self-perpetuated because when I was really honest with him, he was actually the most supportive human you could ever ask for in a boss. And we are still friends to this day. So anyway, going back to the question, where do you blame others for how you feel instead of looking at how you can take personal responsibility for yourself? Number five, which part of you do you hide or dim down because you're afraid of being misunderstood, not accepted, or classed as just a bit odd? <laughs> what parts of you do you hide or dim down because you're afraid of being misunderstood, not accepted, or just a bit odd? You know, I don't know how this is going to play out for you. Maybe you're someone who creates content and what you really want to say, you're holding back because you're worried about people not really getting you. Do you know, you know that feeling like maybe you don't, I do the feeling of like, but what if they don't get me? And I'm going to be really honest with you at the very beginning of launching my business, there was you, it's like, it's like, what I notice is you go from having a job where your friends just know your job title and not really anything about what you do to, for me, my experience was a very public one. You know, my website was there for them to see. My Instagram was there for them to see. My podcast was there for them to see. And all of a sudden they were like, wow, you know, you're this person with these thoughts and I've listened to your podcast and I didn't realize you thought so deeply and, oh God, you overthink things. And oh, like they experience a part of you that they may not have ever experienced before. And that has brought me closer to myself because it's made me realize that I don't have to hide parts of myself to for fear of being misunderstood or for fear of other people not really getting me. And that actually plays out with my client base as well. You know, I don't want to attract, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I want to attract people who are attracted to a fake version of me because I'm then going to have to unsustainably uphold that fake ver version of me. So back to the question, what parts of you do you hide or dim down because you're afraid of being misunderstood? Number six, what good intentions do you have that you struggle to follow through on? And why might this be? Let me repeat that. What good intentions do you have that you struggle to follow through on? And why might that be? So think about, um, you know, maybe you wake up and you're like, today I'm going to um, I'm going to smash through this client work and I'm going to, you know, really take over the world. But why might that be? You know, for a lot of my clients, when we really get to the nub of it, 
they weren't actually being very supportive of themselves when they were in the planning phase of the week. They weren't honest with themselves about what they could do during the week based on what they know about themselves. And if you're not honest with yourself, you're basically being an absolute asshole to yourself. You, The way I like to see it is, when we're in hour one and we're planning our week out, we've got our planning hat on. And then as soon as you leave hour one, you take that planning hat off and you go into worker mode, execution mode. And so if if you're planning like a dishonest bitch, <laughs> the worker version of you is going to be like, what has she done here? She set us up to fail. Why has she done this? And it's like, what parts of yourself are you where are you not being honest with yourself? What good intentions do you have? Do you struggle to follow through on? And why might that be? So a great example for me this week is if I have, if, if for me, I'd have planned my week out this week, being dishonest to myself, I would have ignored the fact that I would have, I potentially would have rage in PMT. I would ignore the fact that I'm not going to feel like doing very much this week. And I'd have just plowed through and gone, no, I'm going to ignore how I feel. And I'm going to, have these good intentions and I'm not going to follow through on them. And then I'm going to give myself shit for not following through on them. What if I was just really radically honest with myself at the beginning of the week and, and actually said, I know me, I know me, I know myself. I know that I'm not going to feel like X, Y, and Z this week. So I'm just not going to plan it in. And you've got to really look at yourself and go, why am I being dishonest? Whose expectations am I living up to? What bar am I setting that is too high and why? Why am I doing that? Because I can bet you it's for, there's something in there that is a should. And if you can find that should, you can start exploring it and you can start being more honest with yourself about how you're planning things out. And the last question is, do you feel loved? Question seven, do you feel loved? This last question is so important. So often we are looking for someone or something else for love and that might come out in validation or acceptance or people cheering you on or people clicking like on your post or getting that promotion, whatever it is. We are looking outside of ourselves for someone or something else for love when it actually, it turns out a lot of the time, it's our own love and acceptance and validation and cheering on that we are really after. So question seven, do you feel loved? Number one, by yourself. Yeah. This isn't, do you feel loved by those around you? Do you feel loved and accepted and nurtured and looked after and validated by yourself? Or in truth, are you being a bit of a bitch to yourself? Are you being a bit of an arsehole to yourself? I know for me today, I am raging with PMT, raging with PMT. And I know the old version of me would probably be thinking thoughts like, I am vile today. I am vile today. But this version of me thinks thoughts like, I need more, I need more love for myself today. I need more compassion for myself today. I need more patience for myself today. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. So it's with these prompts that I will wrap up this episode with so much love and so much encouragement for you to step into your own self-leadership, being true to yourself and living out that truth. That is authenticity, right? This is the work. So with that, please never forget, I am always, always cheering you on. And I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.
Thank you for being here with me today all the way to the end. My goal is to get this podcast into the ear holes of everyone who would benefit from hearing it. So I have a request for you. Please could you share this episode by clicking the share link and sending it to a friend, a colleague, and for bonus points, leave me a review on iTunes or tag me over on Instagram. If you want to contact me, the best place to find me is over on Instagram, or you can just mail me direct on contact at tlb.org.uk. All the links are in the show notes. So until the next episode, have an intentional day. I am cheering you on.